Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. But this is like what a, a part of the process. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, do I wear the leather wallies or the, the suede? Like, stuff like that, right? And I see that in my kids. Like, they, they zone in on things that nobody else is really going to care about. Yeah. It's a personal thing, you know? And so, and all of them, all of them, are, their weaknesses would be, like, the self, self stuff. Like, if they fall short of a goal, if they don't, Make a certain team if you know they don't get picked for certain things. Gotcha. It up it'll bother them. They too hard on themselves. Very hard on themselves, and like that's that's something I deal with a lot that I still struggle with um, to this day. Well, um, what's the what's the thing that you got that you're working on now as a father? Because I, I see you now, and again, it's dope to have that span of time. Well, not we had to span of time, and we making the most of. You know, reconnecting. Yeah. But um, what's Marty working on now? The thing that you that you're aware of that um will serve you and serve your sons. Uh, you know, for for your future and theirs. What's the what's that fatherhood thing that you're still trying to trying to get right? Um. Or, or I mean, you said it's vain. So I don't know if you're perfect in all regards. <laughs> Not all regards. <laughs> you know, you know, God alone is perfect, and right. I know, and I know that um, striving after perfection is, you know, silly. It's silly. Yeah. You know, it's, and then I'm like, when I ask myself if I if I was perfect, you know, how much of an a hole would I be? Because everything would annoy me if I was perfect. You know, or if you're a Virgo, oh, for, yeah, same. <laughs> it's pretty much the same yeah, thing. Pretty much. Yeah. You know, speaking from a place of pain. They tried to count me out. I'm gonna count me in. Fill up my bank account. Now I got something to spend. Let's get it. Welcome to the Dear Son Show. We have conversations through the lens of fatherhood. It's forefathers, those with fathers, and the fatherless, so nobody's left out. These are the conversations I want my sons to access as they mature through life and become men, so no topics off limits. As you can clearly see, I got a guest on the show tonight. Very excited about this. 
Martez, Girly L, welcome to the Dear Son Show. How are you, my brother? All is well, man. It's a pleasure and a blessing to be here, brother. How you doing? Man, I'm, I'm great, man. I'm uh, The people will probably say I'm upbeat on this one, man, because I'm, I'm really... I'm really interested in having this conversation, man. It's like we talked about before we got started. We know each other, but we really don't right. know each other now, right? <laughs> right? Because we, we grew up in a very familiar place, families connected, uh, and then people, you know, people go to different ways in life, and uh, our, our paths are crossed again, so I'm, I'm interested in catching up to see what's going on, man. But you look well, my brother. You too, man. Appreciate that, man. Appreciate it. I didn't drop sure. a few, you know what I mean? Well, well you didn't know. I was, I was pushing 300 at one time, but okay. bro got it down. I see I see you in the gym. Yeah. Get well, right? I'm in the home gym. Okay. Right. Okay. Uh, I, I used to go hard in the gym, you know, weights and all that kind of stuff. Now, it's about, you know, joint health and blood flow. Yeah. Yeah, something quick, 20 minutes a day, thanks to Graylin Kimbrough. Dope, dope, dope. So oriented people, man, we like to uh, understand what your family dynamic is now. And um, let's start there and then we'll kind of, you know, just walk through your fatherhood journey, man. I know some uh, some twists and turns that we'll get to it, but uh, what's, what's your family dynamic right now? All right, right. I'm married. Um, it's going to be 10 years next year. Congrats. So I just hit nine years strong. It was five years of that that I was I was, uh, I was away. Okay. Right? Made some poor business decisions. Uh, we've been together 14 years, but the marriage, uh, like nine. And so it went through its ups and downs and like any relationship. Um, I live alone right now. She's in the military. But mm. come the end of November, we'll be back together again. I'm going to relocate to Connecticut, you know, get that together and then transfer in the summer. So, you know, it's it's a mature situation. Yeah. Um, we've, we've had some ups and downs, mostly because of the decisions that I made. That's what the lesson in, in, in fatherhood is, is choices and consequences, you know? Um, it's yeah, it's not one without the other. <laughs> right. It's, and not, not all consequences are bad, but they're right. going to be consequences. Yeah. Um, this is my third marriage. Gotcha. Yes, my third marriage. I, I started my first back in 1997. Childhood, sweetheart. We had a son. Um, we're together for a few years after the marriage. Um, but I still made poor decisions. I was young. I felt invincible. 20s. You know, that that whole fast money, she wasn't with that, you mm. know, gave me the ultimatum. I didn't understand ultimatums back then. Um, and, you know, that killed that. Second situation, nine years. Again, um, me being hard-headed, same poor decisions, different relationship, same outcome. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, all pertaining to, to money, materialism. Right. You know, the pursuit of, you know, those things. Yeah. So... And we still like, we still good though. I, you know, I have all my exes on Facebook. We're all friends. We're all visible. It's all good. I'm the best ex in the world. <laughs> the best ex in the world. In the world. No complications. You know, it's all good because we always had great friendships. Yeah. Um, I just had to go through certain things, right. you know, relationship wise. I was spoiled. I'm the only child, a bunch of women in the family. You know, understand. You know what it is, man. Yeah, man. I could never do wrong. Yeah. And a lot of people outside the family don't see that. So, <laughs> so let's walk it back, man. We'll, okay. we'll get through the lessons that you learned and uh, the iterations of, of marriage and relationships. But let's start with um, let's start with with your childhood, man. You said you were only child. Mm -hmm. uh, let's talk about those dynamics early. Mother and father in the picture, and uh, like, what was your relationship like with with each of them? Um, you know, we'll kind of we'll kind of pull that thread a little bit after that. Yeah, we'll pull it. Um, like I said, but my mother and my father were childhood friends. My grandparents were friends. My great grandparents were friends. You, you know what it is. And so, how I came about it, it was 
pretty much two friends doing things that they wasn't supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a, it was a oopsie, yeah. right? And um, that that created some rifts because we're a highly religious family. The teen pregnancy back in the seventies was almost unheard of, especially in the church. So that was different. Um, but growing up though, it was it was all love. Yeah. Um, my father, great relationship. That's my guy. My mother, um, she was young, so she had to learn parenting. You know, she was she was just young, and so she couldn't teach me things that she didn't know, especially about being a boy. Mm. Did the best she could, private school all the way through. Um, she did the best she could. And I, I, I can't even give her any pointers what she could have done differently because she was a teenager. Right. You know, looking back, I'm like, man, I couldn't imagine it. Yeah. You and the reality is, I mean, whether you're a teenager, whether you're in your 20s or your 30s, children are watching their parents grow up. Right. <laughs> parents ain't got it all figured out. Yeah. And we rarely realize that until we're actually parents with kids that are looking at us through a lens of, you know, our imperfections uh, to a degree. Right. What was the interaction like with, with your dad? Was he, you, you mentioned that it was, it was a riff and there was some some ripples to that, but how much access did you have to him or he to you growing um, up? Like small, I, I can't, he was in the military too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was hit or miss because he remarried. He has, um, I have two brothers on my father's side. Mm-hmm. My mother only had me. So, you know, I have two brothers and he has a daughter. My father's, <laughs> wow, he's what's thing. He's what's thing, yeah. right? Um, but we never had a bad situation. You know, it was always that's my dad. So yeah. um, it was cool. It was more conversational. Never any discipline. Mm. Um, and a lot of that comes from it was a lot of it was some trauma on on my father's side dealing with my uncle and my grandfather. You know, it was uh, it ended up badly. Right. You know, and so. I think from that experience, watching his brother and his dad go through that, it it kept him from being overly disciplinarian with me, right? And so I kind of got it, actually. Even I was like ten years old when it happened. My uncle killed my grandfather when I was ten. Whoa, that's whoa. That that, that was a that was more than a speed bump. It was, oh yeah, yeah that was kind of fast. <laughs> yeah, let's let's yeah. let's 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 reframe that. Okay. You said your uncle killed your grandfather. Yeah. Yeah. At, in his that's, house that, on the Sabbath. That's uh, on the Sabbath. Yeah. Um, how, what age were you? Ten. Oh, nine, ten. Nine, ten? Mm-hmm. Did you even know how to process that? Uh, no, not at all. And we never had the conversation until much later. And that was my guy. See, you know, with his children, he was a, you know, a father back, back in the day, you know, like iron hand. It was yeah. no compassion. It was no understanding. Those guys were different. Um, yeah. But to his grandchildren, that was my granddad. Like, I'd sit on his lap, we'd talk, we'd laugh, watch the cars go by, all that kind of stuff. And so when it happened, it was trauma, you know? And, you know, it was never a conversation, really. Never, like, how are you doing? Right. That, that never, never had, never happened. At any point after that, or even at whatever stage in life, have you, have you kind of unpacked what that did to you seeing that? Desensitize, or, or I'm like, what? Have you processed it? I'm not. I'm not asking it in an insensitive way, and I'll give you some some context. Like, um, mm-hmm. not saying that they're parallel, but my dad's dad died when I think my dad was 19 or 20. He was in the military, came home, buried his dad, and went back. Right. And I asked him, had he ever mourned or processed it? This was last year that we had this conversation. Mm-hmm. He said no. Right. So that's 50 years or so. So I'm not I'm not asking in an insensitive way I get have it. you processed it, but have you 
like, I, I don't know another way to ask it. Like, have you, have, have you processed it as an adult and what impact that may have had? Uh, yeah, I definitely, I spent a lot of time on it um, because I had to. I spent a lot of time in my head and that's why I get to know myself because I'm, I'm in my thoughts a lot. And around that same time, my other grandfather passed too. And uh, so at 10 years old, both my grandfathers and my favorite great aunt, like they were all dying. These were like the older people who I really connected with. Um, one from supposed to be a heart attack. I, I, I don't know if it was a heart attack. He wow. was 45. I think it might've been something else. I don't know. That was the story I got. Gotcha. And then, you know, with my uncle, my grandfather, and then my aunt, she had a surgery that went bad. She died, right? Wow. So this is all young, before 10 years old, right? And so as I, as I grew up, I'm seeing how is it so easy for me to cut people off or mm. to move away from relationships because those people were taken from me so suddenly without explanation. And so I processed the fact that at any time, anyone that's close to me could leave my life forever. So you, were, you lived a guarded life? Um, it, it was, I was, that's a good word, guarded. Yeah. It's a switch, you know. That's interesting. It's a switch that you control or the situation, depending on the situation, that switch gets flipped. Yeah, I can control it, definitely. Because um, I, I've said too many times in life since then, I thought that we were better than that. Mm. I've said it a lot of times. And so I, I've learned, like, it's no point in saying that yeah. or believing that. And so, you know, I still give people the benefit of the doubt, but with relationships, I understand that, you know, things happen. People change, people come, they go. You know, so with your, with, I mean, with the moniker that we set out with the greatest, <laughs> the greatest ex in the world, kind of, kind of in jest, but I mean, there's something to that, to mm -hmm. being a great, uh, to, to being mature enough to have a relationship after the relationship. Right. Um, do, do you think that switch, controlling that switch had anything to do with your, your first two marriages? I would say absolutely. Um, because in the first one, years later, she told me that she just wanted me to chase her. Right. She just wanted me to convince her that I wanted to be in a relationship. And I, I, didn't, underst I didn't understand that um, concept at all. Mm. You know, and we had been together since child. Was, I was her first, you know. Um, and so when that came about, I really didn't know. And that was my heart. I, I still got a place, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so that, that early trauma definitely affected future relationships. Um, because, like I said, I never had... I never talked about certain things. Yeah. You know, a lot of stuff growing up, it's like you think that that's normal. True. Like what, what's, what we see, we normalize. Mm -hmm. and then not until we see something different do we think differently of it. Yeah. yeah. How do you think that, um, so let's talk about son number one, because I want to understand how that switch impacted one. Yeah, four sons, right? Four sons. Yeah. You're maturing, you're understanding things. Being a father introduces a man to himself. I heard somebody say that, so I'm yeah. not taking credit. But yeah, um, that's a good one. One of the things that, one of the events that introduces a man to himself. So what, what was that first introduction like? What did you, let's walk through it. What did you, what did, <laughs> so father of four you versus father of one you. And right. we walked through them incrementally. You know, father, father of the first son, what, where were you in life? I was, I was uh, 23 years old, well, 22. Yeah, to when, when she conceived. Um, and so at that particular time, um, I was still probably 
left leg knee deep in the game. Um, it's 22, you know, it's it's an era. And so when uh, when she got pregnant, it was a it was a good feeling. It was all good. I never thought about being a father before. Mm. And so it was with her. It was a good feeling. So as as I raised them. I raised them in a way that I that I was familiar with, the way that I saw myself and my cousins being raised on just how to be a boy. You know, it's being a boy. We don't cry, we don't talk about emotions, you know, we tough. Like man, you tough. You know what I mean? Either you tough or you a victim. Right. And we don't raise victims. And so I, I brought him up in that way and he grew up fast. I'm like, cause he always wanted to be with me. I'm like, once you can put your jacket and your shoes on, you can ride with me. Gotcha. You know, get you know, start using the bathroom, and so he grew up so fast, intelligent guy. Um, now, did he see the life that you were living at, at that time, or was he kind of shielded from that? He was kind of shielded, um, even though he was small. He was really small, but I had him in places. He was with me all the time. Gotcha. Like, it was he was with me in places where he shouldn't have been, where I shouldn't have been. But that was my way of being with my son. Um, and so as he as he got older, our relationship became more of a camaraderie. We could talk about anything, 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 you know? And so by the time he was 15, 16, everything's on the, on the table. Like he didn't count a hundred grand so many times. Like it's nothing for him. Yeah. You know, he, he saw those kind of things. And so as he transitioned into life, I'm transitioning out of that life. And so I'm like, you know, that's, that's not the way anymore. Yeah. Um, and so I know how he processed that. It was contradictory information. Like, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you said that because I want to I want to get inside your mind a little bit. You said you had him in places that he shouldn't have been in and you shouldn't have been in, but because you wanted him always around you, yeah, that was like a byproduct. Right. So, were you aware of that like that conflict at the time? <laughs> Not for real. <laughs> listen, I'm with, I'm with one of my favorite cousins. He's like, listen, man, you got to take him home. He, what you doing? You got him in the spot. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And when, when, I'm sorry, cause mm-hmm. it's not about glorifying it, but like these people, there are people that are, st- that are in that place in life, whether they're 20, 30 or 40, that at that age, that stage of maturity, where they still either haven't dealt with that contradiction and they yeah. still live in that life. And I, I wanted to maybe whoever it reaches to understand like you got to come to grips with that. Like yeah. it, it's understanding what love is and love protects, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes we, we think that what we're doing is out of love, and it's not really serving us, let alone serving other people. children that can that can't make that decision. Exactly. Uh, and the self, and it, like you talk about love, it has to be a self love, because in that place to function in that that place and in that space of criminality in the game, there is not much self love. Right. Um, we try to buy that love. We try to, you know, but it's, it's mostly pain. You now, especially the, you know, in the streets or whatever, it's, it's no love there. We'll right. call love somebody giving me more drugs than I paid for. Wow. You know, that's love. Like you show me some love. Like, but it's, it's no, it's no love involved in that. It's, it's all pain. It's all destruction. And so for, for a father to say, I love my son and I love him more than I love myself. So I'm not going to put him in that situation. Where is the love? Mm. So, you know, all those conversations, you know, as I developed and I started studying more and getting more familiar with myself and the society and things that I was actually doing, you know, I shifted away from that. Um, but the seeds had already been planted. 
and it those seeds grew. Yeah. Um, so let, go ahead. No. I, was, I don't want to move off of it if you're not ready. I, want, I wanted the son number two. Mm-hmm. Trying to pinpoint where it changes. Yeah. Right? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Son number two is changing because it's like seven years in between them two. Got it. And so son number two was conceived two weeks before I caught that case where I met Vic. Wow. Yeah. When, and she was in the car with me. So I'm going to make a play. I'm, I'm selling marijuana back then. And um, guy wanted to buy a couple pounds from me. And um, I'm like, all right, I'm telling her, yo, get that together for me. She's like, you're not going to do that. You never move like that during the daytime. She's thinking I'm going to see another female. Wow. And uh, she jumps in the car. And it just so happens it was a setup. And just so happens we find out that she was two weeks pregnant at the time. And so I never come home again. I didn't wow. get a bond. I'm on a federal marijuana case. I go up. And um, this whole time she's pregnant, she has my junior. She's coming to see me when he's on my lap, you know? Wow. Pressure. And so I'm like, man, I lost, I'm, I'm missing my child's birth. And it's my junior too. So that whole, that whole time, it, it was me deconstructing everything that I had adapted before that, you know? I had a, I love selling marijuana. It was, a, it was, I loved it. I can't yeah. even put a, a code on it, but it cost me everything that I, I really, um, I cherished. And so with him, when I came home, he was three. I came home, he was three years old. And um, we developed a good relationship. He knew me because he saw me in visits. She came to see yeah. me a lot. Like when Vic was talking about the visits, I'm like, man, she five minutes late, visits started, I'm expecting him to be there. Right. Um, and I was a spoiled grown man, right? So we had, me and Marty got a good relationship. Um, I, was, I was changing, but I hadn't quite changed. You know, because some of that residue was still there. Yeah. Um, Is, was it somebody that you knew lined you up, or like did you see it coming? She, she felt like you should make that move, but was there anything? Was the day was the day off for you too? Well, the day was off because I I didn't move like that. Gotcha. During the daytime, she thought I was creeping because that gotcha. wasn't my normal pattern. Right. Um, it was a Wednesday um, during the daytime, and I'm driving to Gloucester. Right, and because uh, like he was from Lancaster County, it's the country well, over there. Long over there. Yeah. Anyway, anyway <laughs> right. It's, but I'm, I'm. This is not, this is 2004. I'm getting like 2,600 pounds from Reggie back then. I mean, yeah. So it was, it was crazy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, that's that's what that was. I, I was just greedy. And matter of fact, I called him. This is the crazy part about it, because I had so many. I'm trying to run. Th- I'm going through my phone. I get down to the V's. I'm running through him. His name was Vincent, right? I'm not going to say, but I get down to the V's. And he was like, all right, bet. Gotcha. And it was the lineup. And it was the lineup. So, yeah, I, I knew him. I met him through a cousin. It was, it was all bad. And that's why when people say it's just weed, it's not just weed. And that's why, and again, we're, we're not laughing because it's not serious. Yeah. I, for me, I'm laughing in the sense of, the from too, because I see what you are now. Right. I'm not laughing at it, making light of oh, it yeah, at all. Nice. And I don't think you're doing that. I just want to be clear for right. the people that are watching this. Um, but this this is the process, this is the process that that you chose that or part of it chose you. Mm-hmm. So what what's the span of time? What's the gap between number two and number three? All right. So in 2008, um, we conceived. Uh, we're married, I'm clean, I'm in school, I'm I'm working on this medical assisting degree. I'm driving trucks. I'm, I'm just a regular schmegler, regular guy, you know, getting through paper. Um, so it's 
It's three years difference in between them. Malachi is premature. He's he's born in December. He's supposed to be born in like March, April. Um, so he came early. He was a little guy. Nick U, um, get off get out of get off work, go to school, after school, Nick U every day. And um then we separate. She's having postpartum. I didn't even understand what postpartum was at the time. It's a real thing. Very. So I really encourage men, women to be patient, to be understanding, to understand that process. I didn't have an understanding of it. Let's like, let that sink in because that's a realization that um, conversation that me and my wife had either last year or the year before. We never talked about it. Now, so we're five kids in, right. 16 years in the marriage, never talked about postpartum because of my ignorance. Right. I didn't know to look for, I didn't, I didn't know what it meant when yeah. I saw things being a little, what I consider off, mm-hmm. I thought that meant just give a space. Right. You know what I mean? Not necessarily have a meaningful conversation about not even how I can fix it, but I am sensitive to you going through this thing. Yeah. So I missed it. So that's the, <laughs> that's, the take that, that, that's the message. Um, we can't understand it. No. And just calling them however you want to frame it in, sensitive, like in an insensitive manner Jeez, I don't even yeah. want to say the C word, right. but dis- being dismissive of it, I guess that's a better way to put it. Um, nah, man, you got to have those conversations. I don't, I don't care if you're, like, that's the mother of your child. So mm-hmm. whether the relationship endures the child um, or, or not, I mean, y'all are connected. Right. And, um, like, that, that's an expectation that we got to set as men, as we help other men, that there's some things you got to be aware of, man. And, and um, you know, that's... Women are to be protected. Yeah, that's a very um, vulnerable time in their life, and I, I haven't met, I haven't talked to all women, but I, I haven't met a, a, a woman a, a woman's perspective that doesn't suggest otherwise. So, man, right. use your words, bro. Use your words, yeah, and be and I, and I really encourage parenting classes um, before the baby comes to get some perspective, to network with other fathers, and you know to have the the woman network with other women, yeah. you know, who have going through similar things because like I said I didn't I had no clue of what it was and to the extent that it could go and so um it caused it caused rifts yeah um and in and in my immaturity I went outside of the relationship um and so things kind of unraveled then it took a long time for us to to heal but to this day we we're good you know that's that's my friend it's always loved there um but at that particular time, I, I couldn't handle the situation. Um, it was, I dropped the ball on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did. You know, that's, that's kind of like how that went. Son number three to son number four, what's that, what's that gap? Uh, it's four years. Well, three and, three and some change. December of uh, 08 to April of uh, 12. It was a lot of, that was probably my fastest growth spurt. Um, cause I started the business in 2011. Um, I was working in the doctor's office. I got, I finished school, got my degree, was back in for RN. And one day I'm in a store, I'm going to buy a product and something just says, you could sell that. The voice I've heard it many times since, but that was the first time. And I, I pursued it with no distraction. I, mm-hmm. I pursued it and I went from buying it to supplying that very store that I bought that product from. And so, matter, it's so funny, like the day I came back from the hospital, 
April 2nd was the day my incorporation papers came back. So my son and my company have the exact same birthday. Wow. April 2nd, 2012. And so during that process, um, I moved to California that June and I hadn't worked for anybody since then. When I went to California, it was 100% me. And so the lifestyle was just different. Um, it, was, it was just a different me because I was faced with different challenges. Um, I was in a different bracket, you know, military spouse now. So it, it just put me in a different lane. Yeah. Um, so that growth as a, as a parent as well, you know, like my first son, I, I spanked him. I hadn't spanked any of my other children. You know, maybe one little pop, but yeah. never, never any, no, never any kind of corporal whippings, none of that kind of craziness. Yeah, we had a um in the in the Facebook group, uh, we had a conversation about the, did whippings work, right. right? And I know people call them whoopings and all that. People <laughs> probably looking at me funny in the Facebook group, but I want to call it what it was it because was it came from being whipped, whipped, yeah, right. And I don't think we come to grips with that because it's it's one of those things. Well, that's that's how, that's what was done to me. Mm-hmm. It must be how to do it. Um, but I'm, I'm the same way, man. I couldn't. Well, I had girls first. Right. So I, no I became soft. and I Exactly. No way. Um, because, and I've said it, I'm going to keep saying it. I can't have my daughters or my wife thinking that physical abuse is the way to adjust their attitude. Right. No. Or their behavior. Yeah. No. Because if your daddy did it. You expect <laughs> right. everybody else to do it. Yeah. In and terms more. of being normalized. And yeah. that wasn't a laugh at it. Just, yeah, and yeah. I, I saw that I saw that that poll, and I went the way in like the added. Ah, I went back and forth because I saw it a couple times in my feet. Yeah. I, I didn't touch it though because yeah. um, I've had some of the conversations mostly with older people, um, not no ageism, but a lot of them just not going to see it's it. Generation because yeah. that's the that's the fix it. I, you need to whip it, blah blah blah. blah. You know yeah. that's always the fix all. But what about the conversation? You know. Why are you thinking this way? Why did you behave that way? Where did you get that from? Like, right. Let's talk Let's talk it through. Right. And that those conversations will last more than me lashing out my frustrations. Exactly. And my inability to control my emotions onto my child. Yeah. And so, yeah, I got away from it. Um, I want to go back to um, your business. You, your, your tone changed a little bit when you, when you said <laughs> you can, uh, I saw that product and realized I'm buying to sell and I'd rather sell. Yeah. What was... Was that like the start of identifying your purpose? Or is that even vainly, I mean, remotely part of your purpose? Remotely. Um, it, it was a paradigm shift from consumer to producer-supplier, right? And I learned that that's my role, is to supply. Even in the, in the in the marijuana trade, you know, I was a wholesale guy, so wait, yeah. right? Um, so it was the same thing. My first product was a male enhancement product. You know, I remember. Yeah, yeah, man. I was a sex pill king of the East Coast. I remember saying that. Yeah. yeah, that was my thing. Unapologetically, get this. Yeah, right. Did you write? Did you write? You know, and most guys were like, man, I'm straight. All right, I'm not nah. supplying you. I'm supplying that store you go to on the low. It's all the rave now. Yeah. Anyhow. Anyhow, yeah. I digress. And so that was, that was my introduction to import-export because um, I developed those relationships. I had to, you got to get it from somewhere, right? Yeah. Um, and so that kind of just segued into other things, um, which led me to IE Sports, the apparel business. The sex pills came first, then the hair. I'm in the shower one day because um, I'm trying to get out of the sex pill game because I, I got my money up. Like, it was, gotcha. it was crazy. And so I'm talking to my grandma one day. It's clock. She's like, what you doing? You still in school? I'm like, nah, grandma, I'm not in school no more. I started the business. What's your business? Ha! Long pause. Pregnant pause, right? So I'm like, you know. 
And so then I'm like, you know, I gotta, I gotta find something else, right? Yo, <laughs> to be a fly on the wall, man, I, I know, I know who he's talking about, and I can, I hear the tone. Yeah. I almost feel like a pluck on the back yeah, of your head. Right. Someone was gonna follow right yeah. after through the fold. Right. Um, right. That's great, and I'm, I'm glad you, you, you kind of drew the parallel that I was moving to about your role, right? And I'm, I was, I'm as I'm processing, I'm, I'm like. Does this give him the same high, pun intended high. or not, yeah. the same high as facilitating others high? Yeah. Right? Was that same principles? And I, some people don't like it. Like, um, like my, my life wasn't street life, I understand it, but I understand corporate, and there's some very similar principles. Yeah, it's all so the what, same. So what they say about if you can do this, you can run an office, you yeah. probably can. I would yeah, have loved to have yeah. some of those skill sets in my team. Right. Um, but, but did it give you that same... It was a that same feeling that rush. It was a it was a higher rush mm. because the rush from selling you know drugs or whatever you still have to hide, and so it's the uh, rush. But you still you still can't flaunt. You still like back then you want to stay low, but this one and it's no limit because every gas station in America right. sells these products, right. and I got the numbers. So it doesn't matter where I am. I come in with a product. I'm gonna give you samples. They're gonna love me because you can come back and buy from me off the sample money that you made. Yeah. It was a win-win. And so, you know, I'm a workaholic. And that's the thing about being a workaholic, is like you don't reach lows, you reach highs because everything you put in reaps benefits. So it's a it's a different type of addiction. You know, I'm not stealing and robbing and ducking and dodging, like I'm producing. And so I get more money. I, now I, I have unlimited resources, right? I can buy as much. Poison as I want. I can afford it. I can drink the best whiskey. I can smoke the best cigars. I can do the things that I want to do. And I can look how I can look the part, I can feel the part, and I don't have to hide. Being a workaholic, it has it's it's crazy. Yeah. Um and so back to your question, it was a it was a bigger rush, and it's like all the skills are transferable. Um, it's supply and demand. Yeah. You know, and so if I could sell, you know, drugs or whatever, I could sell anything else because you just replace the product. You still have to have customer relations. You still have to beat the competition. You have to offer the highest, you know, quality product for the best possible price. What well, um what what phase of your life um taught you the most about fatherhood? I would say this phase that I'm in now, um I have a, my oldest son is almost twenty five. My youngest son is ten. 10, 13, 17, 24, mm. and I'm 47. So where I am, I've, I've gone fast my entire life, you know, I'm fast out the gate. Uh, and so now that I can sit back, I can calculate my moves, and I can really see myself in all of them at, at those phases. So I'm not, I, I don't get upset. Like when I was young, it used to make me mad when they would do certain things. Like I told you this 10 times, you're still doing it. Right. I don't get upset anymore with them. It's, it's more of a patient thing. I talk them through it. I'll probably say something funny. Like, you know, my son's like, he's, a, he's in uh, fifth grade and he's upset he didn't make the, the travel basketball team. But he's a model. I'm like, what do you rather do? Make money or get out here and play games, you know? So you know, I put things in perspective for them right. so they can see the bigger picture. Yeah. Because like when you're 16, 17, it's all right then. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I got to be the coolest. Yeah. I'm like... When you're 25, the things you did at 17 is not going to seem cool. Yeah. Well, um, for each son, which of your traits is the most dominant? Um, I would say for all of them, vanity. 
and like self confidence. Like they're all cocky. Like they, they, go ahead. Yeah. They, they, it it almost sounded oxymoronic. I don't know if that's a word, but you said vanity and self confidence. But they, I guess they are they different sides of the same coin. Yeah, because it's a strength and a weakness. You know, like I'm gonna say the other day. This is how ridiculous I could be, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm getting dressed and I'm trying to match my undershirt with the horse on my shirt, right? I'm like, nobody's gonna care if my T-shirt matches the horse on my shirt or not. But this is like what a, a part of the process. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, do I wear the leather wallies or the, the suede? Like, stuff like that, right? And I see that in my kids. Like, they, they zone in on things that nobody else is really gonna care about. Yeah. It's a personal thing. You know, and so, and all of them, all of them, are, their weaknesses would be like the self, self stuff. Like if they fall short of a goal, if they don't make a certain team, if, you know, they don't get picked for certain things. Gotcha. It'll, it'll bother them. They're too hard on themselves. Very hard on themselves. And like, that's, that's something I deal with a lot that I still struggle with um, to this day. Well, um. What's the what's the thing that you got that you're working on now as a father? Cause I, I see you now, and again, it's dope to have that span of time. Well, not we had to span of time and we making the most of, you know, reconnecting. Yeah. But um what's Marty working on now? The thing that you that you're aware of that um will serve you and serve your sons. Uh, you know, for for your future and theirs. What's the, what's that fatherhood thing that you're still trying to trying to get right? Um, or or I mean, you said it's vain. So I don't know if you're perfect in all regards. <laughs> not all regards. <laughs> you know, you know, God alone is perfect, and I right. know, and I know that um, striving after perfection is, you know, silly. It's silly. Yeah. You know, it's, and then I'm like, when I ask myself if I if I was perfect, you know, how much of an a-hole would I be? Because everything would annoy me if I was perfect, you know? Or if you're a Virgo. Oh, from, yeah, same. It's pretty much the same <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You Sp- don't... Speaking from a place of pain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Perfectly in pain all the time. So, um, yeah, I'm just really just working on just smoothing it out because I still have some rough edges. Um, I don't angry with my children, but sometimes I get upset with, with the process because I'm still learning hard lessons and all my lessons I pay for. And I'm like, I've, I've come to grips with that. And that's why when I make decisions, I know that it's going to cost me. If I, you know, because I have a, a strong moral code, you yeah. know, principles and ways of actions. And so if I deviate from that, it's going to cost me yeah. financially. I've always said in life, you can learn the lesson to take the lesson. Mm-hmm. The latter is more painful. Uh, so, you know, and that's, that's part of why we had these conversations is, is giving information uh, from a place of experience. And like we were talking before, it sometimes the best experience is often somebody else's, somebody else's right? Yeah. So, so you don't have to run into those same walls, man. What, what, do, you, what do you want your sons to, um, what do you want to be the most, okay, let me, let me frame it. Your legacy, because I don't like to speak expiration, but <laughs> what do you, um, what do you want your sons to know is important? Or what do you what do you want the most important thing about you to be to your sons? What do you want them to? My dad was 
and this is important. You know, I wanted to know that 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 was as a humanitarian. Mm-hmm. You know that he was intellectual, but he wasn't he wasn't a pushover. And because I've reinvented myself so many times, I don't want them to feel like they have to be in a box that there's a certain way to be. Right. You know, there's no one way to be a so-called, you know, American. Right. It's many different ways to be an American. It's many different ways to be a man. We all can't. We're not all boxers. Right. We're not all carpenters. We're not all musicians. And so we find our strengths and we work our strengths and we outsource our weaknesses. Gotcha. Um, and so I, I just want them to know that they can be, you know, who they are and be, to be comfortable with themselves. I've become comfortable with myself and my decisions yep. um, and my consequences. Gotcha, man. As we uh, as we wrap, man, this is this has been great for me. Um, I know I'm going to watch it back and get a lot more than just trying to process everything in the moment. Um, I want to make sure that the audience understands um, what ventures you have going right now, your business, uh, the work you do in the community. Um, so the, the floor is yours to highlight those things because uh shared platform. And I want people to know that there are black men out here doing excellent stuff in an excellent way. So let's hear it. For sure. I'm a member of you know, the international community. I've been in import-export since 2011. Um, I specialize in textiles, so mostly apparel, um, sports apparel, uniforms, uh, gloves. It's it's a wide range of things. Um, We do a lot of support for small businesses. Uh, We're not a brand. We manufacture four brands, and so if a person has a clothing line, they want to add leather or trackwear or outerwear, whatever it may be to their line, we can produce it. businesses, we do a lot of business stuff. You know, and as far as the community goes, I collaborate with a lot of nonprofits. Um and I'm on the I'm a board of, I'm a director for a nonprofit for programs, my launch project. It's about raising awareness about violence towards teens with ADHD and wow. autism. Um for my cousin Milan who passed over a weed deal going bad. Um and so we really advocate a lot for conflict resolution, right. um, anti violence. Work with the Mobile Way, give back to the block, watch me grow. Different community groups, um, Friendship Lottery, you know. Shout That's out to Tracy. Guy, Trey. Yeah, 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 good guy, man. Um, so, you know, the seven cities uh, end up in Richmond as well, networking. So, yeah, I just, you know, I just try to do my part. You gotcha. know, just do my part. I can't do it all. I kind of, like I was telling you earlier, I got sidetracked, you know, vol- I volunteered countless hours from like May until September. And I started, I was like, wait a minute, I gotta put some of this back because it costs, yeah. you know? Like, you know, love is free, but the gas costs money. <laughs> Say that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Say that. Um, so I, I dialed back in, um, just saving, working, putting things together, focusing on my on my stuff. Like we talking about the contracts and going after merchandising, yeah, licensing yeah, agreements. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's cool. I'm at, a, I'm at a good place. I've been sober almost six years now. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, it's a challenge. It's, it's not all easy. Right. Um, but I learned to process my thoughts more. I could think my way through a lot of things that I may have just numbed the pain before or just deal with it. Um, right. And I'm seeking counseling. So that's another thing. I love I, it. Yeah, I really encourage people. I, the only reason I didn't start right now is because I'm moving in like three weeks. I didn't want to start that relationship right. and restart. So that's definitely something I look forward to. Um, this event is some of that childhood trauma off my chest. Yeah, talk it out. Yeah, yeah talk it out. It's got to come out. Yeah, I appreciate your platform too. Cool, man. I um, 
I appreciate your support, man. I enjoyed the conversation on camera, off camera. Um, hopefully it facilitates some more conversations sure. uh, where we can we can support each other in a in a real meaningful way, man. But on camera, I want to tell you I'm proud of you. Proud Love of you, you, black man. I'm, I'm in your corner. Anything I can facilitate, um, hit me up, bro. Yeah, I, at, the, at the very least, I'm going to be honest with you about <laughs> what I can and can't do. So before we get out of here, I uh, want to shout out the the location. Uh, we I'm, I'm on travel. I'm in VA, so that reference to Seven Cities was about Virginia. Uh, but this is what's the location? Uh, Stella Stella Wine Company, four twenty five High Street, Portsmouth. Yep, four twenty five High Street in Portsmouth. Um, we appreciate them for letting us post up here. Yeah. Uh, this is this has been a good one. So um, my folks, you know what to do. Get busy in the comments if you're not following. If you're not subscribed. Please adjust your life accordingly. Um, that's going to do it for this episode. We appreciate you guys. God bless you. Peace. Peace. They tried to count me out. I'm going to count me in. Fill up my bank account. Now I got something to spend. I just pull it out and count for nothing when I'm feeling great. The Dear Son Podcast is produced by D. John's Live Studios. All rights reserved. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'll see you here next time.